Welcome back to the Illinois Agronomy Update. I'm your host, Troy Kazire, with Hertz Farm Management here in Geneseo, Illinois. And uh, this week, we have another great guest with us, Doug Hensley, the president of real estate services for Hertz Farm Management in Nevada, Iowa. Doug, thanks for joining us today. Troy, really glad to be with you and your listeners. Uh, ought to be an interesting conversation, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. So uh, before we get rolling here, Doug, why don't you take a uh, a couple minutes and, and tell us a little bit about your background and, and kind of your role uh, with uh, with Hertz. Sure. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks for having me. My background, Troy, um, born and raised uh, farm kid from West Central Illinois. Originally grew up outside of a little town in McDonough County, Illinois. Uh, town was Bushnell was my hometown. Um, I was raised on a cash grain and, and uh, beef cattle livestock farm. Um, uh, my mom and dad, my mom was a school teacher. My dad was a farmer and, uh, kind of a, an average size operation in the seventies and eighties, you know, that thousand to 1500 acres and running a hundred head of cattle. Um, and, uh, had a really good experience as a young person growing up on a farm, uh, ended up going to the university of Illinois and, and studied ag economics and did an MBA at Illinois and, uh, while I was in school, uh, actually, I got my real estate license while I was uh, still in school and started working for uh, a friendly competitor to Hertz. And, and I worked in all across the Midwest for them for, oh, uh, not quite 15 years, 10 to 15 years working for a competitor in the auction. I had a very good relationship with Hertz while I was working at this competitor and then for about a decade, Troy, I ended up running my own business um, after I had left that uh, former competitor and uh, ran my own business for a short decade. Um, in uh, Primarily, I was based just west of Peoria, Illinois, but was working uh, still all over the state of Illinois and really all over the region. Um, and Hertz, as a company, had gone through uh, some uh, leadership transition with a couple of retirements and so forth here five or six years ago and uh, was remaking their leadership structure. And at that time, again, I had had lots of experience with uh, the uh, you know, all kinds of professionals across Hertz as a company, just in working deals before and had a lot of familiarity with the company and they with me. And uh, as a result, when the leadership structure got, uh, got uh, had some adjustments to it with uh, the, ch the change in retirements, uh, I was asked if I'd be interested in, in coming on. And so here we are uh, several years later now, but that's how I originally got to Hertz. And so for the past five years, more or less, I've um, been helping to support our real estate brokerage and auction business. I'm, I've been a licensed broker in multiple states for a number of years and have been uh, have been in front of the crowd many, many times with the auction mic in my hand. And so uh, now I'm marrying some of the two things that I love together, where I love uh, helping people uh, and influencing clients, but I also love uh, influencing and helping uh, people who are uh, who I get the opportunity to work with as agents and brokers. So uh, kind of putting those two things together, and that's my roles to support all things uh, real estate sales at Hertz Farm Management across the company and across the territory that we serve. 
Excellent. Well, thank you for that. And it's that experience there in the, in the real estate side of things that we want to tap into today. Um, you know, this, uh, th- this, this farmland market right now is, is really something special. Um, yeah. it's, it's been, uh, uh, you know, obviously, obviously very hot, uh, throughout the Midwest. Uh, uh, and, and, uh, there, there just doesn't, doesn't seem to be any end in sight right now. And, and there's a lot of folks interested in, in what's happening with farmland values. And, and so if you would, why don't you kind of take us, uh, take us back here, you know, over the last, uh, you know, 12, 18 months and kind of, kind of walk us through how we got to, to, to where we're at. Um, and, and what, and what do you see happening right now with, with farmland values and with the, with the, the farm market? Yeah. Wow. What a, what a 12 to 18 months it's been, Troy. Um, everybody, anybody in the market needed to put their seatbelt on for sure. Um, (laughs) so I think it does make sense to actually go back to kind of into, uh, mid 2020, uh, when uh, the worst of the lockdowns from COVID and all that was happening, boy, there was just a tremendous amount of uncertainty in the marketplace um, that, you know, not just for farmland, but for all things, there was just uncertainty everywhere. And for the preceding five years ahead of that, the farmland market really across the Midwest had kind of been chopping sideways to drift and uh, slightly lower, slightly higher sideways more than anything over the past five years. And then the derecho happened, uh, right? I mean, that was a huge event in a 2020 growing season in August of 2020. And uh, coming off of that huge storm that none of us had ever uh, seen before or knew how to pronounce, um, we had a situation where the grain markets, frankly, started to come alive. And, you know, as I think back on that period, Troy, it's um, it's a time when, I remember at uh, September auctions, it seems like we always kind of have a wave of auctions each fall that, that occur prior to getting into to fall harvest. And we had a wave of auctions in September of 2020 because, again, the market was just starting to open up again from uh, the COVID disruption. And we really were surprised, uh, honestly, at the strength that we started to see, at least anecdotally, in the farmland market in those September 2020 auctions. And through the fall, grain prices started to move higher and we started to see some uh, accelerating strength in the farm sales season coming into 2021. And at the beginning of 2021 here earlier this year, um, we, I think we, any of us who had worked in the business for very long knew that we had some strength in the market and it was mainly, or not mainly, but one of the drivers of the strength in the market was the fact there just weren't that many farms for sale. And, you know, even in spite of the duration, we had a pretty profitable situation in 2020 between, you know, government support, low interest rates, a decent crop. It wasn't a great crop, but it was, it was a decent crop and just limited farms for sale. All those things kind of created a special environment for farms to start to see some legitimately stronger values. And from, you know, the early fall season of 2020 through the first quarter of 2021, we kind of saw a leg 5 to 15% up just based on, you know, grain prices were stronger and all those things that we talk about as being uh, drivers of underlying farmland values, all of them pointed uh, into a stronger direction. As we went into spring planting this year, 
Um, I think, I think everybody was excited for the spring planting because we're planning what hopefully would be one of our more profitable crops, uh, in, you know, in recent memory for sure, not in history. And as we got into the, uh, and early growing season, um, you know, the commodity markets just kept going up and, you know, that created a very uh, interesting situation in the land market because uh, the, there weren't, again, there weren't very many farms for sale um, in, the sp- in the spring or early summer. But boy, those farms that did come to the market in, uh, after planting had happened in June, holy smokes, we saw sale prices that we'd never seen before. And I think part of that had to do with all the underlying drivers that I've already mentioned, but also... Uh, part of it had to do with, um, you know, there were there were some sellers who'd been sitting on the sidelines uh, and they 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 felt the strength in the market and they decided to come to market. And and when we capped our top end or at least a top end for the year on grain prices, I mean, we hit the highs uh, looking back on it now in May or June. And so that created this special situation for for farmers, investors, and institutional buyers to all kind of simultaneously be really interested in in acquiring and finding additional land. And it created a really competitive environment for early summer sales. And strong sales bring out more sellers. And then when you compound the fact with uh, there were concerns that had uh, emerged from just some tax policy changes that the new presidential administration was was proposing uh, that that were some people viewed it as as somewhat punitive when it came to capital gains, uh, you know, income tax rates and and, um, you know, folks that would be inheriting property and so forth. So people said, you know what, now's the time to sell. And we for the last six months have just seen a tremendous volume of land come to the market at a time when we've seen, uh, you know, really good production, still super strong commodity prices, low interest rates, and all those things have just made this market explode in the second half of 2021. We haven't seen volume, Troy, um, that, that we've seen this year. I don't know ever in my career. I've been doing this for not quite 25 years, and I don't know that I've ever seen a market come together in a really special way like it has this year. And, you know, from fall harvest through today, this is almost the first of December here when we're recording this, um, we've just seen, you know, it seems like a very wide and deep market. Um, And even in spite of all the volume of sales that have come to the market, there has been enough demand for these farms that we just haven't seen the market uh, hardly bat an eye uh, at at absorbing these acres that were offered to the market at you know really record high prices from Nebraska through all of the eastern Corn Belt in Illinois and Indiana and into Ohio. I mean, we've just seen unbelievable sale prices in all these markets. So it hasn't been isolated in any one individual area. It has been a very uh, wide and deep, uh, you know, swath of the country that we've seen, um, we've seen strength in land values in. And I think even if you look on the, 
you know, in some of the areas where Hertz Farm Management doesn't work as commonly in, you know, some of the very Western states and so forth, there's been, just been strength in, in all of the real estate markets over, uh, over the past, you know, six to 12 to 18 months. So it's, it's been quite a ride for the agricultural real estate market across the country. Yeah, absolutely. And then you did, you know, you mentioned the, the uncertainty there with the tax proposals. Um, where, uh, you know, kind of what's the consensus right now on where we're at? Do we, do we feel like that um, that is, is safely off the table uh, at this point, at least for the, for the near future? Or is there still some uncertainty there? Yeah, there's, there's still a little bit of uncertainty that I think is, uh, that is still out there. You know, earlier in the, in the calendar year, there was uh, more COVID relief that was passed. And, you know, that I, I don't know that, uh, that I understand exactly how that's being paid for um, because there weren't any specific uh, tax proposals that were, uh, you know, huge and life-changing attached to that. Um, the infrastructure, uh, pr- you know, uh, policy that has come into place um, here this fall, it was, was not tied to any of those really concerning uh, tax policy proposals. But the uh, proposal that's still being debated in Congress uh, right now that is tied to the, quote unquote, the human infrastructure uh, bill is where a lot of the concern was coming out with higher capital gains, a loss of the step up in basis for inherited assets, um, higher tax rates uh, in general. Some of those proposals have been, you know, from what you can read and what you understand that is is going on, uh, some of that has been taken off the table, but they haven't passed anything yet either. So I don't know that uh, I don't know that uh, my concern is totally alleviated. Um, I am concerned about the level of spending that has that has gone through really not just in the current administration, really at the at the end of the Trump administration in 2020. There's just so much fiscal stimulus uh, pumped into this market. It's got to be paid for at some point. And yeah, I don't know that we're totally clear of the woods yet, Troy, on on, uh, you know, some of those proposals because they were talking about, um, you know, taxing capital gains at a higher level. At one point they were talking about taxing capital gains, even if you don't sell an asset. Um, and obviously that is, that is very concerning to anyone who owns any assets whatsoever, that they would be taxed on them on an annual basis, uh, without, uh, a, a sales event coming into play. Again, I think some of these really concerning ideas have been by all accounts have been dismissed from the current negotiations in the bill, but the loss of step up and basis, for example, was another topic talked about. And all of those things were super concerning uh, to anyone who owns farmland and really anyone who owns any, uh, any assets at all in our country. And so that, that's, that's been a big concern for people. And I'm, I'm really concerned about how we pay for all of it. And it's not just absolutely one party that has been uh, spending all the money versus another. It's really our, our country's been spending more than what we take in. And I know there's a desire for us to, to grow through it or worry about the problem down the road, but holy smokes, there's spent and it's creating something that is starting to show up in the farm market now as inflation. And that's a, that's a word that we haven't talked about in, um, you know, in 30 years more had a, had a pretty stable non-inflationary environment in our country and inflation is starting to really 
uh, come alive again because there's there's more dollars chasing the same amount of goods or in some cases less goods because of supply chain issues. And so we're seeing the price on things really bid up in a way that we haven't experienced in, in quite some time. Now, as it relates to farmland, farmland is traditionally one of those asset classes that at least historically has performed really well in inflationary environments, meaning that it, you know, as an asset class, it has appreciated in value. Um, because it's a hard asset, um, but whether that will, you know, whether that will happen again if we continue in a in a current inflationary time is unknown. But um, I guess as much as any asset, uh, and when we look at historical performance, farmland is positioned to 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 do to do well. So yeah, you're kind of already touching on it. It's obviously it's always easy to to take a look back and 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 understand how we got here. But of course. The hard question that everybody wants to know is, is where are we going from here? And, and yeah. you mentioned inflation. You know, there's a lot of variables in play. You mentioned inflation. Um, we've, we've relieved some of that uncertainty in the tax market. Um, you know, commodity markets have tapered off a little bit, but they're still pretty, you know, pretty strong fundamentally. Um, you know, there's, there's people wondering, hey, have we saturated the farmland market right now with all of these sales? Um, what, you know... Putting all of this together, where where do you think we're headed here over the next uh, six months to, to, to a year? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting a year from now as we look back on 22, uh, what we'll say about that compared to 21. The really special part about 21 is all of the factors influencing or driving underlying farmland values all came together in a way that um, was, uh, again, it was special because they were all pointed towards stronger values. I think moving into 22, we're going to start seeing some offsetting factors again. What's more common in our markets is that we'll have one or two, maybe three uh, drivers of value that are pointing towards positive things. And we may have one or two that are negative and we'll kind of chop sideways to slightly higher or sideways to slightly lower in land values. That's typically how the market works. In 21, everything was pointed stronger and, and boy, did we see much stronger markets. Moving into 22, I think, again, the inflationary environment is is real. Uh, we've seen it in the consumer price index and the producer price index, and it's uh, proving to be a little stickier than what uh, than what the Federal Reserve thought. So I think one of the you know, one of the ways that the Fed has traditionally uh, fought off inflationary situations is by raising interest rates and interest rates have, you know, the low, very low levels of interest rates have been one of the very supportive factors to farmland value. So if we have an inflationary environment, which may be positive to farmland longer term, we're also going to likely see higher interest rates if inflation proves uh, stubborn and, uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve will try to slow down the economy uh, and, and slow down inflation by raising interest rates at some point. I think the uh, the market, the interest rate marketplace is, is thinking two to three quarter point moves in 22. Whether that happens uh, in the way that they anticipate is yet to be determined. You know, uh, the other thing that has been very positive for farmland values for the last year and a half has been strong grain prices. Both corn and soybeans have been really strong. And by and large, we had a pretty good crop this year. It wasn't perfect everywhere, but I think it was uh, stronger than what some people expected it to be overall. I think generally the Western Corn Belt, Corn Belt had a little better crop than what they thought they were going to have. And the Eastern Corn Belt was a little disappointed in the crop that they grew, but still grew a nice crop. 
um, you know, going into 22 crop year, uh, we still have nice corn and soybean prices, but we're starting to see some input inflation. So some of the margin at on-farm profitability level is going to be taken out of this 22 crop. So that is likely to, you know, to be an offsetting factor where our profitability levels will probably not be quite as high in 22 as what they, uh, what they have been in 21 yet to be determined. And, you know, you still got to grow the crop. Like they say with any game, you got to play the game to know if you win and you got to plant a crop to know what you're going to come out with at the end of a growing season. So we need to, you know, season still has to happen in 22, but by all accounts, if we grow an average crop, I think it's going to be slightly less profitable in 22 than what it has been in 21, just because of, you know, we're going to have some of that margin taken back because of higher input prices. Um, but I, I, one of the biggest things that I think is going to change in our farmland market in 22 has to do with the volume of sales. I think leading up to the end of this current year that we're in here in 2021, I think uh, one of the big pushes and the reason that we've seen the volume is because people who were kind of sitting on the fence thinking that they would be, uh, that they would be a seller of farmland, they've said, you know what, because of the tax policy concerns that I have observed in 21, I'm going to go ahead and get my farm sold and get it closed by the end of the year. That way, if they do pass some tax policies that are not as friendly to me, um, hopefully I will be able to get in on preferential treatment under the old system. And I think that's what motivated a lot of sales that happened during the 21 calendar year. And I think as we start the new year, I think we're going to see sales volume fall off to a more normal level. Uh, at, at least a level that we had maybe become a little more accustomed to uh, for the preceding five to you know six years ahead of the explosion here uh, in 21. Um, you're going to see, you know, people are still going to pass away and, and inheriting heirs are often not going to want to keep a farm. So the, you know, estates will get settled and there'll still be some sales that will happen. I just don't think we'll see quite as many elective sales in 22 as what we saw in 21. And because of that, you know, a lower sales volume, uh, if you still have demand for farms, will we'll maintain, a, uh, I think we're going to see stable to stronger prices in 22, even in spite of some of the pressures that we're going to face. I don't think uh, we'll see, uh, you know, the same number of record sales uh, in every market like we have here in 21. I don't think we'll see that next year. Could there be some record sales next year? For sure there have been some areas across the Corn Belt that just haven't had very many sales. You know, the area that I grew up in, Troy, um, there in that Bushnell, Macomb, uh, Prairie City, Walnut Grove area, I can think of maybe one or two farms that have sold within, you know, 10 or 12 miles of where I grew up. And um, boy, there's, there's a lot of really good farm operators and landowners that would love to buy an 80 or a quarter section if it were available, but they just, there haven't been public sales there. And there's going to be some neighborhoods like that, that there's lots of dry powder in 22 when a farm becomes available, you may see a, a super strong record sale, but I don't think it's going to be as widespread as what we've seen here in 2021, where it seems like from June through, you know, most of November, we've just been on this, this uh, unbelievable roller coaster higher where we've been, you know, every sale just has been clicking a, a new high. I think that's probably going to tail off a little bit because we have absorbed some of the demand for farms. Um, so next year, you know, uh, will it be a, 
a calmer year. I don't know, but I, I do anticipate that it will be a, a little bit less, um, I don't know, it, do you want to call it exciting? And it probably won't be the same year that we've had here in 21, where we've yeah. seen 20 to 40% increases in, in underlying land values, which has just been unbelievable. Yeah, it's 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 hard to imagine that this uh, this pace is going to continue. And Correct. I think that the you know this is going to have to taper off, but it will be interesting to see what what next year brings. That's no doubt about it. Yeah. So why don't you take a couple minutes and talk to us just a little bit about Hertz specifically and and the real estate services that Hertz offers and kind sure. of what what you can do for a client. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Hertz Farm Management is is a seventy five year old company. Uh, originally based in central Iowa, but has just grown uh, tremendously over time. And I think the growth um, has has been by virtue of just taking care of people and providing really professional service and, you know, doing what you say and, and um, you know, making sure that clients are, are, are really well cared for. Um, we have offices scattered from uh, eastern Nebraska all the way through the state of Iowa into Minnesota, uh, all across the state of Illinois, as you're well aware. And uh, we offer uh, both farm management, but uh, near and dear to me is our brokerage and auction business where we, you know, uh, we professionally negotiate sales, uh, uh, brokered sales for farm landowners that, that need some help in getting out in the country and doing a really good job in uh, framing up and in, in marketing their property. And here in the last uh, well, with really with the onset of COVID, we were in the process before COVID started of uh, developing an online portal for uh, for virtual sales. But with the limitations that COVID created, it really um, it really forced some uh, some innovation. And boy, have we had an unbelievable experience here the past year or so with our fully virtual online auctions. We've sold. I'd have to look back, I think about 125 farms through our online portal. And man, this is an exciting process um, where an auctioneer will be on the screen. We'll have people that are registered to bid from all over the place. Uh, you know, doesn't have to be local. And in most cases, it's not local. It's a situation where um, people can can observe the sale and bid through the platform. And um, so we, we have all kinds of different um, ability to provide service to people. It really depends. It, it always comes down to three things in my mind and, you know, the objectives of the owner and what they're wanting to accomplish are one of the most important things that we need to get an understanding of to be able to serve somebody well. And then we want to understand what their farm's like, and we need to know the, the ins and outs of the farm. And then we need to understand what the market is like, where the farm's located. And if we can get a kind of a due diligence uh, package done in each of those areas for the for the owner, their farm and their uh, the market that their farm's located in. We can usually come up with a really uh, professional and thoughtful approach for how we can maximize sale price for them. And that's what we do every day. That's essentially the role of our brokers across our across our company and you know we have 80 more or less licensed agents across the area. Uh, or across the region where we work. And, you know, that's that's essentially what we do every day. We help people uh, market their properties, frame them up in, in the most positive light that we can, uh, do, use a tremendous amount of technology to make that happen. And on the flip side, we also do a lot of acquisition work for clients that are seeking additional farms and, 
you know, we, we kind of have our ears to the ground in most of the neighborhoods across the Midwest because we're, we're both selling and managing farms in those areas. And we're able to really uh, get in on some quiet uh, situations where a farm tenant, for example, may know another landlord that's wanting to sell a farm. And, and when we're helping uh, our clients acquire property, we get in on some of those conversations because of our, you know, our role in what we do. So we can both help people acquire as well as property and do things in the most professional manner possible. And that's our goal. So, yeah, what I, I one thing I would add is is uh, with these these virtual uh, auctions, these online auctions that you mentioned, you know, a lot of our clientele uh, sometimes is a little bit uncomfortable or nervous or, or has some trepidation with that. And and, uh, you know, we uh, we're, we're very good about providing help on that. Uh, we, you know, uh, folks can call in and, and have a Hertz uh, representative with them on the phone, uh, just providing some basic assistance or even, even bidding by proxy for them. And, and it's worked very well. And, and, uh, I've dealt with multiple clients who, who were nervous about it going in and afterwards said, well, well, that was easy or, you know, yeah, that was pretty straightforward. So, uh, no doubt about they, it. they end up, end up a fan, uh, of the, of the format afterwards. So it's, I think that that's really, it's it's been uh, a, obviously a necessary adaptation with with what happened last year with the with the pandemic, but um, it's it's gone very smooth and and uh, folks are very happy with that format. And it's been a lot of fun for people too. I mean, yeah. uh, it's almost like a horse race when you're when you're watching one of the online auctions, and uh, you know it has. We've had a lot of comments back from people that said before they didn't think they would appreciate the method and after a sale that they participated in, they thought, wow, that was exciting. And that just brought a totally different element that I didn't think would be there. So yeah, it's been, it's been really well received once people have had an experience with it. It'll be interesting to see how that happens over time, whether there's a transition away from that back to the, you know, more of the in-person auctions or some type of a hybrid. I have a feeling that it's, that it's here to stay. I don't know that it's a one size fits all situation, uh, for any of the methods that we use. And that's why we have lots of options for people. And we try to figure out what's the best fit for their circumstances and their property, frankly. So all those things matter. And we, we try to take that into account. Absolutely. Well, um, let's uh, one, one thing before we finish up here, Doug, you do a uh, I don't know if you do it once a month. Uh, uh, you, you do this farmland market update video. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And, you yeah. know, where folks can can uh, go online and find that. Yeah, so that's something, yeah, I've been doing it for several years, Troy, where it is almost on a monthly basis, especially when the market is moving as, uh, as quickly as it has been. Uh, I try to provide some, just some commentary as to what we're seeing out in the countryside, um, the why as well as the what we're seeing. And it just helps people understand the markets and provide some context uh, to what is going on uh, and what economically is happening and how they can think about it. Some of the, the ways that different people are thinking about different things. And you can jump on our website at hertz.ag, H-E-R-T-Z dot ag, A-G, and you can sign up. You can go under our website and look at the videos. And, and actually every Tuesday morning, for those who are interested, we have an email blast that goes out to people with new projects and Part of that email blast is a is a link to that that monthly video and it's updated every month and people can can take a look at that if they're interested so it's in a couple different places you can either go to the website 
or you can sign up through the website to get it by email along with our new projects that we're working on. So uh, that's what, that's where people can see it. Yeah. And I think you go to the website, your latest video is usually right there on the splash page, isn't it? They can, they can, it, it is. And we actually have a, have a link on the, main page where it talks about our story and you can go to a video library because we've, we've done lots of video tutorials on different things. And, um, you know, the farmland market update is probably the most consistent uh, video series that we've done over time, but it's there. You can click on the video library and go into whichever month you're interested in. Obviously the most recent month is of highest interest to people because they want to know what's going on in the market right now. But anybody who might want to look back can can also do that because they're archived there. Excellent. Well, great information. Great conversation. Uh, Doug Hensley, President of Real Estate Services with Hertz Farm Management. Doug, thank you again for taking the time to be with us today and, and uh, for, for um, you know, really helping us understand this current market situation. Glad to be with you, Troy. I appreciate you asking to have me on. All right. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. And we will see you next time on the next episode of the Illinois Agronomy Update. Thank you. Thank you.